Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff. Three and Out podcast on a gloomy and very cold, dreary, and wet day here in Northern California. I don't know where you are, but you know, usually by springtime, late April, we're getting 90 degrees, and right now it is cold, it is wet, but not here to complain about the weather. Uh, here to talk some football. And we got a lot going on here on the Three and Out podcast because we got a lot going on in the NFL world. Debo Samuel requested a trade. Dive into some angles there. Kyler Murray, who I tried to tell you, drama queen, uh, is not going to be anywhere to be found in OTAs or this offseason, even though he's under contract for the next several years because he thinks he's Patrick Mahomes. The draft is right around the corner. 
I think it's safe to say for most teams, the hay is in the barn, baby. Uh, and then just Sean Payton, I saw said that the Miami Dolphins, uh, I don't know if he was said specifically the Miami Dolphins, but just basically that if he was coaching in 2022, he would have done that with the Saints. Of course, the Middlecoff mailbag, which we are pushing off every week to the weekend, except next weekend, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. I think next week what I might do is we'll do a podcast after the first round of the draft and maybe even just instead of the mailbag for the weekend, probably do a podcast after the second and third round for the weekend. Uh, and then just have another one to kind of recap it all or just if anything else changes for Sunday, I'll record on Sunday and it'll come out Monday morning. That's the tentative plan of right now. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the internet world. We are very fluid. Best part about being on the internet streaming podcast world is you can kind of move and shake fast. There is no set time. Uh, we're on our feet, and at any moment's notice, we can change. So luckily, the best part about subscribing to the podcast, you'll know when a new one comes out. But as of right now, that that is the plan, to have one for Friday after the first round, have one for the weekend, and then do kind of a podcast on it all, maybe a little shorter one on Monday, and then just get back into the groove of things. But like I said, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. If you listen through Colin's feed, uh, subscribe, subscribe to the three and out feed would greatly appreciate it. And if you could leave a review, leave a review in the Apple's iTunes. People go, I listen on Spotify. Well, over 90% of our listeners listen on Apple iTunes a little. I know some of you, the Spotify people and they're diehard, the Spotify people. They're still a very, very small piece of the podcast pie, which is clearly growing, but the majority of human beings listen on Apple. Nothing wrong. I know as a consumer, I do. I listen on Apple iTunes to all my podcasts, but let's start with Debo who. You know, I, it's gotten a little weird this offseason, the contract, how much would they pay a guy that's had, you know, 10 weeks of elite production. Been watching football, I'm 37 years old, since I can remember, for almost 30 years. That's as good of a stretch of football from a non-quarterback at any position you'll ever see. I watched, I've seen every snap of Debo's career, but what I, and I was live at that Rams game, that was as dominant of a game as you'll ever see. Becoming a running back, throwing for a touchdown, catching enormous passes. He is, Debo Samuel is what I call an absolute war daddy. And there's a small percentage of athletes, even in the pro sports and baseball, basketball, and definitely football, who take their game up when the games matter most and you feel more confident going into battle with them in a playoff game than you even do a regular season game. And he fits in that category. You know, I, I see it with the Warriors, with Draymond, Steph, and Clay. Like, you want to go to war with those guys. Debo's one of those guys. But the amount of money guys are getting paid, his position is kind of unique because he doesn't truly have one. He can play wide receiver. He's a dominant running back. He's a dominant football player. Which ultimately, like anytime that you, any business you run, if you hire someone who's just great at doing everything, that's a good thing. Like, that's what you want. It just makes it complicated in the sport of football because wide receivers now make more than any other position not named quarterback. Wide receivers, on average right now, are the second highest paid position because, and a part of it is the the recent group of guys that just got paid. You know, I mean, these guys are making $25, $26, $27 million, and running backs clearly don't make anything near that. And we've seen this forever with the tight ends and the wide receivers. Like, how is it fair that George Kittle, Darren Waller, and Travis Kelsey make so much less than these wide receivers. They are wide receivers. I understood where Jimmy Graham was coming from. 
Like, I don't want to get paid as a tight end. Name me any other job. And we're talking about so much money here. Even if I put it into relative terms, if you get paid $100,000 to do one thing or you get paid four hundred grand to do the other thing and you already do both things, you're obviously going to want the four hundred grand instead of the hundred grand, right? So it's no different than, yeah, $12 million a lot, but I'd rather have 21, especially when you're throwing me the ball. It's kind of bullshit. I've always... I've always thought tight ends get screwed, and I even think running backs get screwed. This is a complicated situation. Uh, I I don't have any inside information on it. Uh, I'm just watching from afar like uh, the rest of us. But here's what I know. I'm born and raised in Northern California, and I'm someone who no longer, when I moved back here from Philadelphia, I desperately wanted to come back to California. It meant a lot to me. Like I wanted to go back to California. That's where I'm going to live. I don't think like that a decade later. It's probably a little less than that, but... This place has gotten really weird. And part of it is financially, you know, it wasn't even necessarily, I wasn't making any money then, so it didn't even matter. Like you pay a lot of taxes, you pay a lot to live here. I, I get it's part of the deal. But when you truly start making, and I'm not making Debo Samuel money, you start looking at your taxes, you go, this is kind of crazy. Especially when you know people in Vegas or these other states, Texas, Florida, they don't pay any income tax. So once you get to the top bracket, which Debo is about to enter, and technically he would enter it this year, you start paying 13% of your income. So let's just look at the positives and negatives. If I'm Debo Samuel, once you live here, he's from the South. Two years ago, the 49ers in Santa Clara County, they got kicked out of Santa Clara County. They literally had to move their operation to Arizona. This is a guy that's from the SEC who spends his offseason in Florida and South Carolina, and his team got kicked out of the state of California, but it was really the county in which his team plays and has to live. If I was him, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? And then you go, he's represented by the same agent as AJ Brown. Let's say they got the exact same contract, AJ Brown and Debo Samuel. And let's just pick a number, $60 million. That's the true guaranteed amount of money. Who knows what the actual, like five years, 110 million, whatever. But they get $60 million guaranteed. A.J. Brown plays in Tennessee. His team is based in Nashville. There are no state income taxes. Debo Samuel plays and lives in the most expensive area in like America and the highest tax rates. I did the math. Now, it changes because you get taxed where you play, but obviously Debo would play eight or nine of his home games. He plays the Rams every year here. His taxes, I think, again, a little loosey-goosey here, but between 6 and $7 million per year of take-home cash over the life of the contract of that $60 million, A.J. Brown would have extra in his account than Debo. Like, if, if you or me were about to get $50, $60 million and we lived in California and we were able to, well, could I get that same amount of money and live in Vegas or live in Texas or live in Florida? You would immediately move. Because you could use that extra money, I don't know, the six, seven million dollars you would save, and buy a fucking house in LA, San Diego, the coast, wherever you wanted. <laughs> you, you know, so it's just it's just basic economics. And he has disputed Adam Schefter that he doesn't want to live here, but he's if he he wouldn't be a human if he's not thinking like this. And the money is so great now that you have to think like this. I know countless family friends who were a little older that just had done pretty well. They're like, what are we doing? And they all either went to the state line and moved to Nevada, past Lake Tahoe, or they just left the state because it didn't pencil. Now, you couldn't pay me, and I, I live in the East Bay, which is east of San Francisco, 
And this is, I grew up kind of in obviously the Sacramento area, which is on this side of the bridge. You couldn't pay me any amount of money to live down where the 49ers are. I don't like that area at all. So I, I understand where he's coming from. It's a weird place down there. The taxes, it's a little different. The people, Silicon Valley, like, you know, it ain't the most normal operation. And then from a football standpoint, I understand the usage. Like maybe he doesn't want to be a running back. Maybe he just wants to play wide receiver. Now his value goes down as a true wide receiver because A.J. Brown's a better player. Just as a true wide receiver. D.K. Metcalf, like the chances that Debo Samuel, I think Debo Samuel has 10 career passing, you know, catching touchdowns. D.K. has 29. Now Debo had a ton, I think he had eight this year, the last like 10 games. Debo's a dominant, dominant player. But I, I, it's a complicated case. Now, ultimately, the positives is he plays for the 49ers, one of the biggest brands in the league, an absolute cash cow, which made him, like, you play for the 49ers and you're a dominant player, Google the history of the league. You become a superstar. You play for a dominant, dominant offensive coach who uses you and creates your greatness. But ultimately, this is a business. Like, we've seen Tyree Kill, who had accomplished much more for Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl, been to another, countless all pros and Pro Bowls. He couldn't have been any happier when he went to Miami. Why? Because it's a business. I'm not saying these guys are truly mercenaries, but there's a mercenary element to the business in which they're in. You don't get to do it forever. So, you know, you have to maximize your amount of money. And I think that us on the outside and anyone listening that's a big fan of the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Niners, whoever you're much more invested most of the time into the team than most of the players are. I'm not talking about on a given week in a game. I'm just talking about what the team means to you. right? To me, the team means a lot to GMs and coaches because they're all in. They want to keep that job forever. But most players know that at any moment's notice, they can go. They're not on scholarship. They can be cut. They get injured. They get thrown to the side really quick. Thrown in the trash. Right? That happens. So I, I understand I understand both sides of this situation. Now, ultimately, the NFL is not Adam Silver's league. In the NBA, when you want to trade, you demand a trade, you always get traded. It just happens, especially now. David Stern's NBA, that didn't happen. In Adam Silver's league, the players run it. And as we've seen, we can debate, it's not the healthiest thing to do. Because ultimately, your league's strength is dependent on fans. And the happier the fans are, the more they watch and the more money you make. That's why the NFL has never had happier fans. They gamble on the games. They play fantasy. All their teams every year, whether it works out that way, always has a chance when the season starts. And if I want to keep a player, historically, I've always been able to keep that player. Now, you make decisions, right? Like, ultimately, the Packers wanted to keep Devontae, but Devontae didn't want to play there anymore. So they made a decision. You're gone. First and second round pick. The Chiefs liked Tyreek Hill, but they got an offer they couldn't refuse. And they ultimately didn't want to pay the money. But in this situation, the 49ers can just say, no, Debo, you're not going anywhere. And in the history of the NFL, that happens way more often than the guy forces his way out. Now, is he prepared to sit out the season? Who knows? Only truly Debo knows that. And honestly, it'd be impossible for him to even know that now. He's a second round pick. He's scheduled to make $4 million. That's a lot of money for a guy that hasn't made that much money. So I would say he would not sit out the season. He would play. And I would be shocked if he sat out training camp because he would get fined. So more than likely, if the Niners want to play hardball, they won't only could play it, they'll win. It's a management coach league. Obviously, you need great players, but the management and coaches typically have the leverage. And in this situation, the Niners have the leverage. 
Now, when it comes to a decision, ultimately, it's a business on their end, too. You'd be crazy. And I talked to a couple people in the league yesterday. I just started texting around. I said, what do you think? What's he worth? And they're like, actually, I just watched him. Basically, like every team in the league over the last 24 hours, 48 hours, if you're listening to this on Friday, has put in several eyeballs on Debo Samuel. Done deep dives. He's that great of a player. And when great players request a trade, everyone sniffs around. But what's he worth? And to me, when you have the leverage, a.k.a. the Niners, I don't have to trade him. I can just keep him. To me, he's worth two, you know, 175 cents on the dollar. So I am throwing out, I need multiple ones and multiple twos because we don't want to trade them. Trade him, and we don't need to. So to me, to trade him, you have to get an astronomical return. But luckily, he made this trade request before the draft. If he's going to get traded, and I would imagine the 49ers are not only receiving calls, but having meetings. What's he worth? If I'm John Lynch and I'm Kyle Shanahan, well, hey, Kyle, because we didn't have a first-round pick, we probably haven't watched Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, all the star players in this draft. Let's take a look at them all. Because what if the Jets are willing to give us 10, 38, and next year's one? Who knows? That sounds crazy. I wouldn't do that if I was the Jets. But other teams are desperate. I wouldn't have done that trade if I was the Dolphins. But they're desperate. So they traded a lot for Tyreek Hill. Right? I thought the... I didn't think the Packers got enough for Devontae. But if I'm the Niners... Yeah, I mean, we're taking calls. We're seeing what we get. Kind of like, ultimately, the Seattle did with Russ. And you get enough calls. You get enough offers. Maybe if if you... It's always easy to say, you know, I don't want to sell my house. I don't want to move. I, I live... My house is worth a million dollars. I wouldn't sell it for anything under three. And then someone knocks on your door and goes, I'll give you $3.5 million. Well, then you have to decide, like, are you actually going to... Do you want to move all your shit? Is the, all that money worth it? Like... Ultimately, the 49ers, Debo Samuel is Kyle Shanahan's, his like favorite toy he's had since Julio Jones. It made Kyle look like a fucking genius. So no way he wants to get rid of this guy. Now there's a factor how much you have to pay him and everything, but someone knocks on that door and makes an offer like the Jets, who are extremely desperate, that you can't turn down. What if the Texans go, hey, we'll give you pick 13 and two more second round picks? And you just go, well... I wouldn't do the trade before the draft night, but if on draft night, an offer like that's on the table and Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, who knows? Whatever player that you think is going to be a star is there, maybe it's worth it. It's at least worth having a discussion. So this is a complicated situation. I understand where Debo's coming from. Under no circumstances, if I was him, would I want to pay the taxes that you have to pay here given the amount of money he's going to get? Now you can say, John, will other players do it? Yeah, well, if... I'm not other players, you know, you know, Steph pays as someone told me that knows an astronomical amount in taxes. So does LeBron so do all these guys. And I I would struggle with that if I had the opportunity to play elsewhere. Cause again, this is a business. Now I get Steph makes so much goo goo bucks. It doesn't even matter. But for a guy like Debo, whose shelf life could be short, this could be the last big contract he ever signs. If he hates living here, if he wants more money, if he wants to, whatever. Whatever the reason is. No one really knows except him and maybe the 49ers. And I understand the 49ers side. Don't want to pay him huge money, even though he's a great player because you don't really like playing running backs. I've, I've stood next to Debo. He's not built like DK Metcalf or AJ Brown or Justin Jefferson. He's He looks like a running back physically. And that's what makes him a great player. And he is an elite player with the ball in his hands. Those type of people you can't just find in the draft. And that's the risk of making a trade for draft picks. There is, and the Chiefs did it, the Packers did it. There is no guarantee that they can land good players. The draft is just that, a complete crapshoot. I saw it with the Niners. 
they traded DeForest Buckner and they ended up taking Javon Kinlaw with that pick. And he's been basically MIA for two years. Now he's training like every player coming back off injuries and posts on Instagram. But, you know, it's not easy. It's there's it's not guaranteed. So it's just, it's going to be a fascinating situation to watch play out over the next week. Hey, Hoops fans. Don't want to just watch all the NBA playoff action, but be part of it? With FanDuel, an official partner of the NBA, right now all new customers get a risk-free first bet up to $1,000. Just place any bet on the NBA playoffs, and if you don't win, you'll get up to 1000 bucks back in site credit. App is safe and easy to use. Get your winnings fast. Tons of betting options. Listen, my money is kind of on the Pelicans to have a sneaky upset. They might not win the series, but they're going to win one of these next two games in New Orleans. Devin Booker is injured. He's going to be out basically the rest of the series. Brandon Ingram's hot. I like him to win one of these games and have Brandon Ingram's scoring go over in both of the home games. Download FanDuel's America's number one sports book today using promo code Colin and place your risk-free first bet for a chance to take home a W on basketball's biggest stage. Remember to use the promo code Colin for this amazing offer. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. 
cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I guess let's start really quick with Sean Payton. I say this all the time. The Miami Dolphins just exhaust me. They're a little bit... Remind me of the Lakers. Like, they're... Like the Lakers, the Dolphins are just in this very this 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 place that draws a lot of people there, right? Beautiful area, cool area. Just if you have a lot of money, places like Miami and LA are sweet. They are awesome. Orange County, West Hollywood, Hollywood, Manhattan Beach, Malibu. I've only been to Miami once for the Super Bowl a couple years ago. It was badass. I don't know all the boroughs of it, but it's sweet. I understand if money's not an issue, those are the type places you go, right? It's a fun uh, kind of like a, uh, you know, uh, the version of Disneyland for adults when you have cash. But their teams are not very well run. I don't know if you're watching Winning Time, which is a fantastic show. The show is elite because the characters are awesome. But I do feel bad for Jerry West. I met Jerry West a couple times when I was doing Warrior stuff and going to a lot of Warriors games. Jerry, I can't even describe Jerry West. One, obviously he's very famous when you meet him, but he's just this good-looking dude with a major presence, major swag. He's a logo of the NBA. He's just a badass. Like, you meet him. I don't know what it is, but when you meet someone with it, you usually know it right away, and the dude has it. They made him kind of look like a clown in, in the show. And obviously they mess with a lot of guys in the show, but I, I the Lakers under Dr. Buss, were a complete powerhouse, just like the 49ers were with Eddie DeBartolo, right? The certain owners are just rock stars, and they they have more money, they're willing to push the envelope, what, whatever it takes, you know, especially back in the day before salary caps and stuff, certain owners separated themselves. And Jeannie Buss sucks. She's awful. 
The only reason the Lakers are even remotely relevant is because LeBron James, a very rich guy, decided he wanted to live in Los Angeles. It had nothing to do with the clown franchise, just he wanted to live in L.A. The Dolphins are a way shittier version of the Lakers because they have way less history over the last like 30, 40 years. But it's all this hype. It's all this glamour about where the city is and where the team plays. But they never actually, they're always involved in these rumors. And it's like, what are we even talking about? That is not going to happen. And I said it a couple weeks ago. I get exhausted with the Dolphins. Like, Tom Brady is going to demand a trade there and he's going to be a part owner. And listen, there might be some validity to some of that. But it felt like a pretty big stretch. And then it was like, oh, they're going to trade for Sean Payton. And then Sean Payton even said, like, yeah, if I was going to coach next year, I was going to do it with the Saints. Why would I go to Miami? Like, I'm already super rich. It, it, back in the day, you could steal coaches. Now, it happens in baseball, right, when the A's, who are just an embarrassment. Actually, they're not an embarrassment on the field because Billy Bean is honestly one of the best general managers in the history of any sport. But their owner's just a, a complete cheapskate. He makes Dean Spanos look like Jerry Jones. And every good team comes and piggybacks their guys, right? The, 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 the Braves, the Yankees, the Cardinals, whoever, the Dodgers, you just come and the Mets, you take one of their good players, right? They just, they're like the minor league version of a major league team. And I, I do think when you look at Sean Payton, you go, why would he want to go there? Like, it's not like Sean Payton was making $4 million and you were going to pay him 20. He was making like $15 million coaching the Saints and his team was good. And if you watched his final press conference, he said, the craziest part about being a head coach of this franchise is we had tried for so long to develop a team and get a well-rounded team. For a large part of the 2010s, we were just good on offense and our defense sucked. And we finally got a top-flight defense. And he was just worn out. And part of it, they didn't. the quarterback situation was up in the air. But I just, they're just always part of these rumors. It's always like the, the, the Lakers are the same deal. Like, oh, they're going to do this and that. They're going to get Sam Presti. They're going to get Nick. No, you're not. You're not going to do any of that. You've done one thing in a decade, and it's because LeBron James wanted to live in L.A. You ain't going to do shit, you know? The only reason you got Anthony Davis is because you literally traded the farm for him. You traded the farm for him, and he, he quit on the Pelicans. So it's like, yeah, you didn't get him because, like, you did this crazy deal. No, you traded 7 million draft picks and 7 players for Anthony Davis who quit on the Pelicans, right? Because LeBron James wanted to live in L.A. And clutch runs your franchise. Like the Dolphins. You're all like you got Tyreek Hill simply because you made him $72 million and you traded the Chiefs like eight picks. It's not, you know, it's like you're not a well-run franchise. And it starts with the owner, who clearly is a really successful guy, and it just runs a clown operation. And they're just always involved in like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. But it's always their name. The the only thing I've ever agreed with the owner is like paying Brian Flores to tank. It would have changed their franchise. Brian Flores fucked them. There is no debating that. They ended up with Tua Tungavailoa instead of Justin Herbert, but mainly Joe Burrow. That was the whole goal. The tank all season, they won three of the last five games, and now they're in this conundrum of always winning seven, eight games and just being irrelevant, but always talked about like kind of relevant and trying to do things like acquire Tyreek Hill that looks good on paper, but it's going to be Dan Snyder, mid-2000s type move. Oh, you got Tyreek Hill, and then he catches 70 balls. To me, that's got that written all over. Or he gets hurt and he plays 10 games. But I'm just, the Dolphins, like the Lakers, they just exhaust me. The draft. Typically, for the last several years, this time of year has been an explosive lot of stories, right? Who's going to go where? Where are the star quarterbacks going to go? Your draft 
is as strong as the top. And when you say the top, it starts with the quarterbacks. When you have an Andrew Luck, when you have an RG3, when you have just Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, that crop, even last year, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, it doesn't mean they're going to be good players, but it does mean their name recognition and fans, if there are two or three quarterbacks that you view as guys going to get drafted in the top 10, fans go, if we get one of these guys, he can resurrect our franchise. Whether that's true or not, and whether that turns out to come to fruition, no one knows. I say it all the time. Next week, on Thursday and Friday, when guys make first-round picks and second-round picks, the cool part of the draft is obviously the kids who are just having so much excitement. I I can't even imagine the jubilation of your parents, your grandparents, your coaches, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, your girlfriends, whatever. It's an all-time moment. It's an all-time moment getting drafted into the NFL. It doesn't get any cooler. From just a pure... There's a purity to it of just joy, hard work, you know, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say accomplishing your dreams, but having a dream come true because you still want to, you still want to be a good player then, but you have a dream come true. You're drafted in the NFL and whether you're drafted in the first round or drafted in the sixth round, it is an incredible human accomplishment, a tiny, tiny percentage of people get drafted in the NFL, in the history of the sport, right? Just like having a podcast is not a great accomplishment, right? I have a podcast. I have a couple podcasts. A lot of people have podcasts. Now, are they successful or not? That's a whole different discussion, but like anyone can have a podcast. Like anyone can get a job, right? Getting drafted in the NFL is unreal. It's like becoming a head coach in the NFL is very, very difficult to do. But I'd argue it's easier to become a head coach in the NFL than it is to get drafted in the NFL. So you're going to see these guys get drafted and the excitement in the draft rooms is cool because you get you draft a player and for the most part, at least people fake it, everyone's excited in the room. People are high-fiving, people are hugging, the owner's giving fist pounds, everyone's kind of yeah pumping, fist pumping Tiger Woods style. It's sweet. You do all this work. I mean, if you're a scout, you've been working since last summer doing information, doing due diligence. Then you spend all fall going to the schools, getting to know the player, digging in with the coaches, digging in with the film. Then you have the offseason when you're just interviewing guys, really developing your board. You spend a lot of time. This is the lifeblood of the team. And it's it's a great moment. But, like, you don't really know how it's going to turn out. You, you hope for the best. And those, every single, all 32 teams, well, this year's weird because I think seven or eight teams don't even have a first-round pick. So, you know, there are several teams with, like, countless first-round picks. I mean, I think there are eight or nine teams. I, I think I said this... I wrote down a couple weeks ago, whatever the exact... I think it's eight. Eight teams have multiple first-round picks. That's pretty nuts. And as we talked about earlier this week, two teams have multiple picks in the top 10, right? The Jets and the Giants have two picks in the top 10. That's insane. So they're going to be very, very fired up after they make their selections. But from a front office standpoint, and Texas with just different guys in the league, for the most part, the hay is in the barn. And I would say by at latest, like Friday or Saturday... The draft boards are set for teams. Like, every guy is in their slotted area. And you, as a general manager, and as a front office, whether it's your assistant GM, your coach, have to kind of get to a spot where you go, only the first and second teams that are drafting, right, the the Jags, the Lions, have a pretty good idea who they're going to take, right? If they take this guy, if you're the Lions, if they take him, we're going to take him. If they don't take him, we're going to take him. But if you're drafting like 10th, if you're the Jets, You have to have a cluster, 13th of the Texans, team in the teens. 
you have a cluster of three or four players and you start going through these mock drafts and you go, if this group of players is here, what is our order? So once you get to the draft, you don't freak out on draft night, who do we take? You start doing these things now, at least in the first round. Once you get past pick 32, it's hard to know. There are way too many variables. And I remember when I was with the Eagles, Howie would always reset the board after the first round and then again after the third round. So you knew the group of players left, who you liked, and then you could kind of recluster. But as of Thursday night going into the draft, you have to have an idea if you're picking 14th, if you're picking 8th, if you're picking 24th, a group of two or three players that you are pretty confident are going to be there. And obviously they're curveballs. They're going to be guys that you didn't expect to go higher, might push down other players. It's hard to know. But you have to do some educated guessing of who would you take given this group of players is there and then kind of rank them. So when you get to draft night, it's not, you know, a shit show. You have a good idea. And that's basically what everyone is doing now. They have spent the set last basically month locking in their grades on guys, locking in who they like, where they like them, really any question marks doing their due diligence, calling coaches, calling agents, talking to the player, talking to uh, other players on your own team, interviewing players when you bring them in about that specific player that you're interested in, might be a teammate, might be a guy they played against. And really just, this is, I mean, for the last six months, the information that you gather, the hardest part is you could get an unlimited amount of information from coaches, from academic people, from family members, from teammates, and you have to decipher what is real, what you value, and what doesn't really matter. And that, to me, why this will always be an inexact science. That this will never be some robotic thing because you're dealing with human beings. And the other thing that you can never answer and I always thought this was fascinating because you you had to ask this when you were a scout. You'd have to ask, like, how do you think he'll handle money? Think how stupid that question is. Like, you can give me a guess how you think the guy will handle money. But you don't really know, like, yeah, we're going to draft this guy fourth overall and we're going to give him $28 million or whatever the number is for the slot, right? We're about to give this guy in the top five $33 million. Like, I saw Kayvon Thibodeau. He has said this a couple times now. Uh... I want to be a billionaire. And I, you see sometimes, like if you follow motivational people or you know just high-level people on Instagram, they tell you, be very careful who you tell your dreams to because the majority of people don't dream that big and they'll try to shoot it down. Because ultimately, like saying I want to become a billionaire, if he loves business, like that's not a bad thing. But I, my, my pushback on that, like to me, that comment makes me go, uh, and I'm pro-money. I'm pro-business. I'm pro-billionaires. Like I'm not anti, I'm pro-Elon Musk. You know, I'm pro Jeff Bezos. But I think when you say that at 22, do you really know what you're saying? Or are you just saying that because that's what kind of looks cool on social media? Like a lot of people like saying they're entrepreneurs. Like, are you actually cool with having no W-2 the rest of your life until you create the company and then pay yourself a W-2 on money that you have to, you know, make? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's easy to say it. Like, everyone's a CEO on Instagram, right? But are you really? Or do you just like the thought of being a CEO? You know, and I, I do wonder, it's a hard balance because I would say that most billionaires, and I could be wrong at this, didn't necessarily set out to be a billionaire. They set out to be successful and do create a good business and then obviously right timing, right product, whatever, it takes off. But I would say that like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning didn't set off to be like worth as much as they were worth. They were just obsessed with being great at football. It's always my issue and I get why kids say it, because the media never shuts up about it. And the irony is the media hates business, but they don't hate it like when a player gets involved. It's a weird deal. 
but they're like, did he get the bag? What about his brand? Like, I hate the brand thing because Michael Jordan's brand happened when Michael Jordan became a dominant player. Tiger Woods developed this clothing line for Nike when he started banging off majors. If Tiger Woods had won one career major, Nike golf never really exists. The Jordan brand isn't the Jordan brand if Michael won one NBA championship. Like, part of creating a brand as an athlete is the greatness behind it, right? You have to, like, it's always like Carmelo and all these guys that were obsessed with their brands. Like, you're not, you just keep talking about it, but you're not that good. Like, Steph Curry tries to create these brands. And whether they work or not, who knows? But at least there's a lot of substance behind Steph Curry. Like, Steph Curry was able to create brands because he started winning chips, started winning MVPs, started kicking the shit out of everyone he played. So when you start talking about your brand and stuff, and you haven't really accomplished anything, that's always a turnoff to me. I have no problem once you become, like, once Cam Newton starts going to Pro Bowls and winning, I, he can talk about brand, whatever. He's accomplished a lot. And I understand why it's going to put some turn some people off, but I, I don't, some of these college athletes that are obsessed with it, now obviously I sound like old get-off-my-lawn guy, and clearly things are changing with NIL. That doesn't even bother me. But when you say this stuff, it's like, well... Are you just like part of being a billionaire is working for 30, 40, 50 years? Like there's one Zuckerberg that's able to do it at like 20. Most guys are not that, right? It takes a long time. Like, are you just uh, okay working in the dark and just grinding? And I think that's the question on a specific player like that. Now, I don't think he's going to be alone. Like, I think that's a type comment that a lot more guys are going to say. And I I think you're going to have to balance as a GM, as a front office person, like, is he just saying that because he thinks that's the cool thing to say? Or is he obsessed with being great? Because if he's obsessed with being great, like, yeah, it'll lead to a lot of money. Because if you're obsessed with being great as an athlete and you're a really good athlete, like in Major League Football, or I mean, Major League Baseball, in the NFL, in the NBA, in golf or whatever, and you have the talent and you're willing to do whatever it takes, you're going to be good. And if you're good, you're going to make money. (laughs) Like the money follows success. But I think a lot of guys think like, I just want the money. Well, yeah, you got to be successful. Now, bad teams pay, you know, I would say less successful people. Uh, more, more in the other sports than probably in football. But I, I just think you got to be very, very careful as a young guy when you're coming out, when people have questions on you, what you say. And I would argue that just in general, uh, you know, be very, very careful what you say about your dreams and your aspirations to other people. Because most people, if you're a big dreamer or, you know, aspirational person, aren't going to align with you. And it's it's very easy to be negative. It's what thrives on Twitter. If I just tweeted out five things that I hope to accomplish in the next five years, the majority of the comments would be making fun of me, would saying you'll never do this. You can't accomplish this, right? But if I wrote those down in my own journal or my own phone, I'm more likely, and it works. I did it before. I'm looking, I wrote down 2020 goals that if I would have said this out loud in 2020, a lot of people would have been like, what are you talking about? Maybe a couple of them are pretty normal. But I, I don't know, and listen, I don't, I'm not Tony Robbins here or anything, but I do think that shit works. Now, I think it's different when you start saying, I'm going to be a billionaire, right? But like if Kayvon was just like, I want to do whatever possible to be a Pro Bowl NFL player. Well, once you become a Pro Bowl NFL player, you're going to become very rich. I think you just got to be very, very careful with that. And I think you ought to, and as as coaches and scouts right now, you're trying to balance like, because ultimately you're acquiring the person as much as the player. And I think the biggest differentiating factor of success and non-success, there's several variables, right? Some stuff's out of your control, like who your coach is, if you go play for the Browns or the Lions, or if you go play for Belichick, 
right? Or Sean McVay. So where you land definitely matters. But who you are as a person definitely matters. How hard you're willing to work, uh, how much it means to you. It's not easy. The thing with football, I'm watching baseball. Baseball is on every day. You just play every day. So if I go 0 for 4 yesterday, or I go, I don't have a hit all week. I get to play on Monday. I get to play on Tuesday. I get to just keep swinging, right? If in, if in basketball, you get seven-game series. I have a shitty game one. You get game two. You get game, you're guaranteed four games, even in the playoffs, let alone the regular season. In football, like you have a bad game, you got to wait a week. And then you got to go through the film. You got to get yelled at. You got to go to treatment. You got to train. Then you got to go to practice. And then you got to watch the film at practice. And then you got to figure out what didn't work at practice. And then you got it's hard. It's hard. It, it is such a unique sport that way because so much of your time is spent preparing. Is spent preparing, right? And, and that's why you really got to differentiate right now. And I mean, you've already done this if you're a GM or a coach or NFL team, but like, Who's smart enough? Who can handle it? And even if they're not, quote-unquote, some elite intellect, are they willing to overcome it? As a coach, one, I had a Jim Washburn told me this, that a talented guy can overcome not being that smart. And obviously in football, you got to take in a lot of information if he works hard. But you cannot overcome dumb and lazy. You, you can't. And even if you're smart, if you are lazy you can get by early on in your career with just pure talent, but eventually work ethic catches up to you. So the, the, the lazy aspect, and listen, some guys, think about your own jobs. How many people you know can just get by without working hard? I remember when I went to Cal Poly, uh, one of my roommates and my neighbor, Guy actually I grew up with in Davis, Jesse Dundon. He's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. Guy's brilliant. Went on to start his own company. He just sold it, made a bunch of money. He's crushing it. He's crushing it. The guy is brilliant. He used to not even have to study and get straight A's in college. And he was in like one of the hardest majors at Cal Poly, which is a great like engineering, architecture engineering. I forget exactly what his major is, but he was in easily one of the hardest. I was in an easy major. And I had to study my ass off just to pass classes because school bored me. It didn't do anything for me. So I like I didn't listen in class because it didn't hold my attention. And when I tried to study, it was hard for me to study. It did nothing for me. With football stuff, now with business stuff, it's easy to hold my attention. Academia did not. But it came so easy just because he was brilliant. And I remember I lived with him my second year and I'd be like, God, he's just wine Wednesday. He's drinking beers on Tuesday. And he's just school, no problem. I almost got kicked out of school. I was on academic probation. Because I just was like, I'll just do the same thing. And it was like, oh shit, I don't know anything when the test came. So you you had to figure out, and most people are like me, where you do have to work kind of hard to accomplish something. But at the highest level of any industry, some guys are going to be able to circumvent that a little bit. But even in athletics, it catches up to you maybe two years in, five years in. So you, you can overcome not quite being the Peyton Manning of the playbook, right? If you work your ass off. But but you cannot you cannot overcome big picture a shitty work ethic and don't care and sometimes being lazy is just simply like I wasn't lazy I just didn't like school some people don't like football right and it's why they always ask that question it's why you have to find out do these guys like football because if they like football they're more willing to work and more willing to put more time in it's why I say like listen it's cliche but when you find something you love to do it's so much easier to work. Like sometimes I'll forget I did something, I have to do it, and I'll just come back to my office at 9.30 at night or in the middle of the night at like 4 a.m. I'm like, oh, I didn't do this, and I'll get up. 
if I was working for someone that I hated and didn't want to do it, like I would just say, I'll just do it when I get into the office. But when you like what you do, you're more willing to go the extra mile. It's why these guys are obsessed with football. It's not that hard for them to study Mondays and Tuesdays of the season instead of going out, right? It's like, I need to do some more film study. If you don't like football, it's hard to do film study. It is. Like ultimately, like Jamarcus Russell, remember the famous story of like him not watching enough film? Was it just he didn't want to watch film or he just didn't like football that much? It didn't mean anything to him, right? Peyton Manning, like it meant a lot to Tom Brady, all these guys. The training means something to you. So it's just, it's the hard part about the draft is figuring out the person. Um, difficult spot. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, fire in those DMs. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. And uh, we'll have a Middlecoff mailbag out this weekend. We'll have a bunch of draft content and football content next week. And let's keep on rolling, baby. Peace. Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast powered by FanDuel every weekday. Our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volumes Podcast Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.